Hi, this is Joanne Dennison, uh, CMP, um, commonly known as, well, maybe not commonly, but anyway, sometimes known as the Meat Guide, and welcome to another episode of the Sit in the Attendees Chair podcast. Glad to have you here today, and as usual, you know, we can't do anything the way we've ever done it before, because, yeah, what fun would that be? We can't you know don't have challenges if we don't so today uh we've got a lot of fun things going on before i introduce a guest i want we have invited um i have invited i guess um uh, planners and suppliers in my cmp community to come join us today so they can participate in the conversation with our our major guest not to say you're not important laura and jamie you know um so uh, let's start by, well, first let me start because I'll, I'll take a lot of heat if I don't with who's actually in the studio with me. It is Steve the Great, commonly known as Steve the Great. In his own head. But go ahead. Yeah, that's it. You're good? Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Kelly will not be with us today. Uh, um, so, you know, luckily I brought in reinforcements here so um jamie why don't you tell us who you are what you are a little bit about you know why you're in this industry whatever say whatever you want okay absolutely (laughs) well thank you for having me i am jamie smith cmp i think we always have to add that right especially Um, if you took a class of mine yeah Yeah. (laughs) i am um a national account manager for choice live which is a full service production company based out of lititz pennsylvania the touring capital of the world Um, but i'm actually out of uh, greenwood indiana and i have to point out that i'm a recovery former whatever the words are still to date a planner I was a planner for 11 years so I have actually um, my path to where I am now was um, of course like back in the day because I have some age behind me that it was not straightforward but happy to be in this industry I've loved it ever since I learned of it Uh, ironic enough I little tidbit I um, got invited to the MPI North America PEC conference back when it was called that Ooh, before me different you are dating yourself girl totally dating myself and i went to north carolina ironic right oh the one in charlotte that was an awesome one remember it well yes it was first one and i looked over and there's a bunch of people from indiana and i'm like wait we have it we have a chapter so i actually went backwards normally in in the mpi world you start with your chapter and grow up to you know hit the wecs of the world and whatnot but i started out that way learned that i loved I was director of operations in the end at my nonprofit, um, but I my favorite part of my job, definitely not the IT side of life, which is funny that now I'm in mm-hmm. the AV side of life, was planning our event and running the days of the conference. So I grew up a convention from 300 half-day conference to 1,500 three-day conference, and uh, a, a production company that I worked with for four years was like, why don't you come to the dark side? So I switched over and um, became a business development for another production company for eight and a half years through the pandemic and um, was actually ironic enough. I used to deny that I was in sales because I always hated that word. And I was like, no, I'm national, I'm national business development. And they're like, yeah, Jamie, that's sales. So I, um, because you saw the planners go, Ooh, it's not even planners, you know, truth be told, just because of my personality, I feel like the planners weren't worried. It was my persona of not wanting to be like a car salesman. So thankfully, because I had the background of being a planner, I'm not that way, which is, you know, 
here we are, right? So continuing on. And um, so, yeah, so during the pandemic, um, an opportunity arose with Choice Live and uh, I, I jumped ship and I'm now a year and a half with them and loving life and still love our industry, even through the pandemic. Um, love learning, love educating people, love connecting. Um, and truth be told, I, I'm the social butterfly. My uh, nickname, if you find me on LinkedIn, I'm sunshine in the room. Ironic with my yellow walls, for those of you here that can see that. Um, I really like being an introvert and I love virtual meetings. So this is this makes me happy. So that's a little bit about me, but um, there you go. Very Both sides. Cool. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being on. Steve wants to say something. The uh -oh. Pennsylvania is the touring capital of the world. Lidditz is apparently. What? Lidditz. So oh. just outside of Philly, Lidditz is. So okay. you know how like um, performers, how pink flies around the stadium? That apparatus was invented in our complex of the Lidditz community. It's it's wild. I mean, our, our production company used to be called Upstage Video. We were the video, all LED, East Coast, lots of LED, and... Um, started working with companies that were like, hey, can you do it all? So that's when we changed our name. Unfortunately, we changed our name um, February 14th of 2020. Mm. Really good timing. But, you know, here we are. So that's right interesting because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think of Lidditz as Pennsylvania Dutch and Lidditz chocolate. I And I still can't believe you don't know it's a chocolate place. But anyway, I had <laughs> no idea that it was the mecca for anything big staging events. That's I guess they had a lot of farm fields they could build buildings in and build apparatus. Yeah, so. they have big black boxes where performers come in, like UK performers or Australia. We, I mean, we worked with uh, Rufus DeSoul touring with them, and then they're from Australia. They came in and they, you know, heard about us just because of like our area. It's I, blew my mind. I'm like, okay, well that works. I've been out there once. I get to go back again in November. So I'm going to try the chocolate, Joanne. Just yeah, for you. please do. <laughs> really, it's bothering me. It's bothering me. <laughs> Well, good to have you. And um, another guest, CMP, that we have uh, with us today is Laura Payne. Laura, tell everyone about you. Thank you for having me as well. And I don't know if I can follow that up because my job is not as exciting as that. Um, I am Laura Payne, CMP. Yay! I work for Palmetto Goodwill. I am their uh, coordinator, event coordinator. Um, I got started in the industry when I was working in Norfolk for the public media station. So I started out in nonprofits and ended up in nonprofit. Um, but I worked, I was hired for a completely different position, had no aspect of being in the event world. Um, my <laughs> boss at the time was promoted and saw me as a replacement and kind of pushed me into it but it, it felt very natural once I was in the position and I loved it fell in love with it I was there for almost 10 years and then I switched to the sales side for two years with Top Golf. I uh, didn't like it wasn't a fan um, nothing against Top Golf, but um, it was the sales then, part <laughs> yeah that's the sales part um, which I don't mind it's you know very stressful at times but um, then I moved to Charleston and started back in with nonprofit for Goodwill, which has been wonderful. I love helping people and um, it's just, they have a great mission and I love what I do. So told you, not that exciting, but 
I don't know. You're making a difference. I think anyone who knows anything about goodwill knows it makes a difference in the world and in people's yeah. lives. So it really does. A lot of people don't know a whole a whole lot of what goodwill actually does behind the scenes. They just think we're retail stores and you donate and but and the money goes somewhere. It goes <laughs> to help people. Almost the whole but it's like ninety cents on the dollar. I think goes to wow. Helping people find jobs and education and a lot. So That's huge. That's it huge. is exciting, and yeah. you're seeing, yeah, yeah. And Laura got her. We're we're in August. I don't know. We're mid August. I don't remember the date of when we're recording this of. 2022 yeah july 25th so july 25th yes so we're very excited about uh laura's cmp we really are so um so i'll tell you someone who may pop in and join us and we probably won't stop and we'll just say hey she's here uh so tracy bear who some of you probably heard on a previous podcast she was the one who spoke about being a faith-based planner and everything to do with that and uh, so if you've listened to that podcast that's who tracy is she's also one of my cmps from a couple years ago she's based in saint charles illinois and is actually a coo along with being director of meetings and events for a very large faith-based organization and last night when we were trying to get this you know all set up because i wanted people to represent you as the listener on both the supplier and planner sides um talking to linda who you'll meet shortly and um you know if i tell you that it's august of 2022 you may remember if it's been a while or if you're living it that a lot of airline cancellations and delays so she said well if my flight doesn't get delayed or canceled so she texted me this morning and said it has been delayed if she can on the way home from the airport she's going to pop in from the car so if i just say hey tracy's here that's who tracy is so what that was a fascinating podcast. You said faith-based organization. Yeah. She did things that were like for thousands of people. It's a mega church. I mean, it was the numbers she gave were. Well, you you, well, you had you went crazy because they had one building had like five dining areas, and she's gone five dining areas. Well, and <laughs> some of you know I've created a, a CMP community online for anyone who did their prep with me in one way or another uh, for their CMP, and she just posted a question the other day, going, "We're bringing three churches together with maybe." Maybe as many as 7,500 people coming to an apple picking. Um, we're trying to figure out the the pastor has decided he wants everyone to have name tags, but there's no registration. There's got to be a lot of apples there too. So um, we've we've been trying to help her out. Like I guess they're bringing everything: their chairs, their food, their whatever. But she's trying to figure out how to name tag 7,500 people potentially that didn't register so yeah she is she's got a very fascinating um world that most of us are not living in so anyway okay so now that we've introduced everyone uh else is we're going to introduce our special guest our i don't know anyway we're going to introduce linda so um i'm going to tell you a little bit about linda linda swindling and i have known each other roughly 20 years uh, we're both members of the National Speakers Association, and we probably bonded because we discovered one day we were wearing the exact same earrings from Macy's. Um, she later took me, it turns out she's a shoe diva, which many of the women in National Speakers Association are. I never was. Um, it's changed. But anyway, she took me shoe shopping one time when we were at a convention, and we have been close friends ever since. Uh, she's like, no, you need those. I'm like, oh. I don't know yes they're perfect for you um trying to get a, a shoe person to 
get a non-shoe person to get something that looks like it could actually be stylish. Uh, so anyway, we've known each other, but um, Linda is really, really awesome. Uh, one of the things you're going to find out about her is uh, she's a, well, I'll tell you this part. She's a certified speaking professional. If you've sat in my class, you hear me talk about that. And that's the highest uh, certification ranking you can get in the speaking world uh, that you can earn. Um, that's when you earn similar to a certified meeting professional. And uh, she's also, and I'm sure she'll mention this, uh, um, what we have learned to call a recovering attorney. Um, but she's funnier than, you know, good Texas gal. You'll know that the minute you hear her speak. And we just love her to death. And today, what we're going to be talking about, well, no, let's talk about you first. What do you want to do? Should I tell them what we're going to talk about first and then let you introduce yourself or this anyway your show, <laughs> your show. yeah you can tell i have it totally under control too um so what we're going to be talking about is uh her her brand and her message to the world and she works with corporations she works with associations she speaks at meetings and conferences she speaks in-house she does coaching on the whole idea of ask outrageously and we're going to put the links in the podcast to uh her book her website and also she's going to be talking about some um assessments you can do uh, it'll make sense as it goes on but uh it's the whole idea of to me at least what questions should you be asking how should you be asking them when should you be asking them you as an individual you know whether it be in your personal life or your professional life your departments your teams your boards of directors anytime a question should be asked are you asking the right question to get the end result you want that's how i interpret it i could be totally off but we'll go with oh, that's this right on that's <laughs> right on that is right on so, negotiations is all about asking yeah and you wanted i'll give you the brief, as brief give as it give us your winding road to where yeah, you are now yeah and what's funny is a lot of people don't realize this um my company is journeyon.com oh i think i remember journey. that from a long time yeah yeah so I may have been in meeting planning and hospitality and serving people longer than anybody. I didn't realize that. I started I started uh, when I was a hostess and we lied and got me in as a hostess for a restaurant at 14. So uh, my cousin was one of the GMs. And so at Magic Pan, I did crepes. Oh, and Magic served. Pan, I loved them. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah, there was and a wonderful one like in Boston. And I a little Swiss Miss. And that was good because I was a dancer. So my background is in performance. So kind of the winding career starts and stops with, I started in theater arts and dance and I was a pretty good little tap dancer and went to New York even after high school, danced on a dance company and then did those jobs around what would allow you to dance and then work at night. So I worked in, um, oh, Magic Pan. I was a Chuck E. Cheese birthday hostess. So you want to talk about event planning? That's a little scary. Um, I was a uh, not nearly as extensive as, you know, speaking for 7,500 people. And I've, I've spoken for that religious market too. Our CMA has a conference. Yeah. Um, I spoke when I was pregnant and Ed Foreman, who was a speaker, just passed away, used, would jump up on the table as part of his thing and I was eight months pregnant and I said I promise I won't be doing that during this program but um yeah I did that I was in sales and hospitality I was a front desk clerk after working at all those restaurants I worked at four and then sold clinic makeup and I met my Bellman husband 
as I was working as, as a front desk clerk and then later came back and I was a sales intern, which is a made up title <laughs> that some GM decided that's what I was going to be, some director of sales. And my job was to blitz every single day. So I brought muffins in the morning and cookies in the afternoon because I worked for an um, organization called Harvey Hotel. Oh, was out of Dallas. And, um, That's a very I famous historical Ohio. group. Yeah, yeah. Well, and not the one in Reno and not the one in Lake Tahoe area. This is the one that was in the Dallas area that Harvey Huey created. Mm-hmm. And Harvey's belief was we can market our own properties. We're doing something so good. So that was our people. So I used to do singing telegrams and, you know, <laughs> stay with us at the Harvey Hotel, you know, and tap dance. Um, <laughs> I, I think what's funny is some of you have been drawn into into this world, some of us have tried to escape several times and it sucks you back in. So, right. So I said, I am done frou-frouing these muffins. I'm done with these cookies. I'm going to get my broadcast journalism degree and I'm out of here and I'm going to go to law school. And I can remember standing in the kitchen and I was about a year away from graduation doing this. I, I went back to school, graduated and sure enough, I went into law, practiced law, practiced employment law for a hotel management company. So it sucks you back in. Um, So then we had 13 hotels all over the nation that I was negotiating contracts and mainly their employment issues for them. And then I went, okay, I'm done with law. I left, I was in a law practice and that was my hard leave because that's kind of an ego thing. And a lot of people who've who've gotten into the meetings industry now, it's hard to leave your title it's hard to go out on your own. It's hard to step, you know, step into something that's not where you thought you were. And I found this quote. And this quote was by Ben Sweetland. And you've seen it, you know, in all different places now. But it was, success is not a destination. It's the journey. And I went, ooh, okay. And so when I named my company Journey On, I was like, Journey On, you know, like, rock on. <laughs> and so anytime I got a little discouraged, I go, Journey On. So the funny thing about that is, as I'm speaking, I worked with a business coach and she said, okay, so I don't get it. You you hired me after you had your baby so you could have more of a life, you can make more money, you could have friends around you, you've got all that. You've more than tripled what you were making. What's going on? Why aren't you happy? And I said, well, I just, this isn't it. And she said, well, what makes you happy? And I said, well, I like to give these little talks after I do their employee handbooks. And I like to speak on behalf of the chamber. And she said, are you any good? And I said, well, they tell me I'm the best one they've ever heard at the employment commission. And she said, that would be good. How low is that bar, bar, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she said, you can just do that. You can just talk to people and write, write your books. And I said, handbooks, do I have to be a teacher? And she said, no, just exactly what you just said. You can go and speak to people help them with their problems and write books. And so as I left the door that had, you know, can you imagine, I am a good negotiator. My last name is Swindling, the Swindling attorney. That's W-I-N-D-L-I-N-G, you can't make that up. Never thought Married of that. to a financial planner. Yeah, there, yeah, it's Swindling. But anyway, as I was leaving, I would just say, journey on, we're gonna try. Okay, so here's the, it comes all back around. I am speaking to doctors in the hotel that I helped open, feeling very full of myself. I am now speaking to the doctors. They are listening to me. We had a tornado warning. Guess where they take you during the tornado warning? Into the kitchen that has no windows, 
at the metal table that I swore I'd never stand at again. So I think meetings, meeting industry, I love them. I'll always do things for the meetings industry. I'm actually in a lot of different industries, but I always have a heart pull because I feel like people in the meetings world work when everybody else plays. And that can be a hard job. And all the demands with not a lot of the respect. So that's probably, and there's there's several careers that do a lot of work, should have more respect, should be treated more like they should be at the table. And those are the ones that I feel with in my heart that I, I like to try to help. Very cool. That's awesome. So, you know, when Linda and I were talking before, um, you know, over the past week or two about what we were going to do on this, she will, a lot of the discussion today is going to be framed because we want this to be very valuable to you. I hope every podcast, I know some of mine are weird as heck, but anyway, hopefully most of them are useful to you. At least you walk away with one thing you can use. So obviously with Laura and Jamie, um, we're going to have a lot of conversation based around the meetings and hospitality industry but please remember that like she said you know in case you start looking for a speaker go wow she's awesome i wonder if i could have her work with our organization or something the answer is yes this conversation is going to be pretty much specifically on our industry but she can do the same for any industry so if you love her keep her in mind also for other things and she's going to be giving us all kinds of cool information and like i said we're going to have links and everything to her but don't think she's just trust me i go through the same thing when i speak because people think i can only speak meetings and hospitality because they frequently hear me at meetings and hospitality so you know most of us are adaptable linda certainly can um so uh so where do you want to start linda well people always say you know if i had to just learn one thing about negotiations so that i could negotiate anything what would that be and so my one thing is the ask method let me just tell you this so that no matter what happens to you whether someone shocks you whether someone is rude to you whether you flat out don't know what's going on or whether you say, huh, how would I approach this? You can always use ASK, like you're asking a question, ASK. And the A is always, what am I aware of? Huh, they got real quiet on me. This voice is really loud. Somebody's not being nice to me. A is aware. S, seek. What kind of information do I need to seek? And K, and here's the one that I think meeting professionals, we need, you know, everybody needs to hear, especially meeting professionals. The K does not mean know the exact plan that you're going to execute for the next three and a half years. (laughs) K only means know your next best step, know your next question, know to take a break. All it means is know the next. And I think that takes some pressure off of us. So A, what am I aware of? S, what do I need to seek more information about? And then K is, what do I need to know next? What do I need to do next? And which one out of those three, Joanne, do you think people skip over? A, S, or K? Oh, gosh, this is a test. Go ahead, Jeff. Aware, seek, or know, which one? I'm thinking it's the A. No. I'm thinking it's the S. Well, yeah. there, uh, okay, I'll change it. Mine's, I think it's the K. <laughs> <laughs> it, Jamie, it, Jamie's right on the money. It's seeking. So most of the people I've run into um, in, well, really in the world, if you're a leader, 
um, especially in meetings industries where everybody has to step up. You know, it's, it's one of those industries, there's, there's certain industries for everybody in healthcare, you all have to step, there's no just float it by. Meetings industries like that, um, there's certain industries. And we, people who like to solve problems, people who step up naturally, we're aware, I mean, oh, there's an opportunity, there's a problem, there's a challenge, woo, I've got to talk. We're aware, but then we skip over the, huh, I wonder what I should do about it. What questions should I ask so we can get to the solution? And right? I and think that- That does, no, go ahead. What were you gonna say, Joanne? Well, I think it ties in, and what you said about planners is, uh, and I'm sure it's true for many of the supplier side too, but people in the planner mentality, we've talked about this where um, it is, you know, we want to fix everything. And and the sooner mm -hmm. the better. We're not real good on the patient side because we're used to dealing with sometimes literally fire on the floor, right. you know. So, yeah, I could see why they would jump the, like, what other information do I need to know before I take action? They're just doing it. And your comment about even the K you're right. Planners want to, anyone who lives with a planner, like Steve and many others, mm -hmm. will tell you we want everything planned out. They love to go on vacation with us, and they hate to go on vacation with us because okay. we take care of all the work, but then we've got it planned down to minute details. So I get that. Along the minute detail that then changes on you, right, Steve? What happens well, when the detail changes? Then she, she has a list of lists. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what you miss by jumping to that K and knowing every single detail of the know and the knowledge is you miss being able to be present. And that's where, you know, um, you've talked about sales a little bit or asking for grants, Laura. A lot of people ask for grants in your world, a lot of sponsor. I've done a lot of nonprofit. I um, was chair of a, a services, social services agency here. And you know, what we do is we, we get into that mode and we forget to live in the present, live in the room, live in, live in with the people. And so what happens with that seek, you never really solve the problem they have. And I want a durable agreement. At the end of the day, if we've come to an agreement, I wanna know you're gonna honor it and I'm gonna honor it. And they're not gonna try to sabotage. And if you skip over that seeking what they want, being aware of what their needs may be, you don't have it. Um, the reason why people can sell who've been planners or who've been leaders, who've been problem solvers, um, where they hit their their blocks or when it's just a onesie twosie kind of thing or door to door or short transactions. The ones that do the best um, from places where they've solved problems are those long-term complex salespeople, people who are doing consultative sales. So I would think in my mind when you say, oh, I don't like sales, if, if anybody listening is saying that, I don't like to shove something at people that they don't need. But I tell you what, if I've got, I'm, I know as a speaker, and I'm gonna interview on more than most of the people I know in my industry, I'm gonna get to know different things that they've got. I'm gonna, you know, do my homework. I'm gonna come in early, whatever it is. If I know that about me, if I know that about you as a planner, you're gonna do more work. If I know that about an AV, if I know that about you, Joanne, in your course, then you don't feel bad about promoting your services. It's not me as a person, it's, I've seen what's out there and I'm going to do it. And if you're not providing value, that's where people have problems. But we can we can talk a little bit about seeking if you'd like to, because I think that's where we should probably spend a little bit of time. Jamie well, and Laura, just, go ahead. 
Can I just chime in, in here when you're talking about, you know, planner life and, you know, you do, this is this is how you are and you wanted you you just a epiphany. I mean, even coming into this, I knew we were going to be asking the questions and I'm on this journey of, oh, my gosh, circle, full circle journey. Right. Of trying to not ask those rather trying to ask the open ended questions. I'm okay. so bad at asking the yes and no. I already know the answer. Right. You know, a lot of times I think when we ask the questions and this is probably with this whole ask thing is, you know, the answer that you want and kind of like skipping over that seek. You're not living in the moment. You're not doing like you literally just spelled out what my other half probably is like. Yeah, that's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to correct. We're going to go ahead and correct that right now. Is everybody ready for this? Big breath. (laughs) Oh, we're being mindful. So, Jamie. (laughs) In the past, you used to skip over that question. In the past, you didn't ask. Now you're aware of it. Yes. In the past, I didn't do it. But once I discovered it, which you just did, moving forward, this is what I attempt. And I'll tell you where where I get into this, too, is I cut people off. So when I was a lawyer at the very beginning, I would, once I would kind of know what they're talking about, I'm, I'm conscious that their time is clicking away and that they need a letter at the end of this time or they need some advice. And they're talking about how their dog was raised by their mother and that's why they have a friendship with this other. And you're like, okay, I've read your thing. That has nothing to do with it, but you can't do that. So if you know that about yourself, one thing you can say up front is you can contract with people and say, you know, I know that when I feel like I've got it, I might ask a question, is that okay with you? I might interrupt you, is that okay? And they say, yeah, that's fine. I, and But then you give them a reason. The reason is, the reason why I'm doing that is, I want to make sure we, we maximize your time, we maximize your offering. I know you just have 30 minutes, whatever it is. And then they're like, oh yeah, thanks for, you know, not letting me waste the time or you not wasting my time. And then if you do interrupt them, and, and so you, if, if that is something you do, or if you do something else, you say, if, if I skip over an important detail you think I really should know, would you stop me and let me know that? And then then you've given them permission to interrupt you. So that might be a, a fix for the, some of that, because a lot of us do that, a lot of us jump. Um, a lot of us give excuses as to why we don't ask. Would you like to hear what some of them are? A lot of women say, I wasn't brought up to ask. I was brought up to be humble. I was brought up to be kind. There's a lot of different cultures that that's the case. Where some cultures, they they convince you to ask and some of them don't. In fact, um, 65% of us would rather ask on behalf of someone else than ask on behalf of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Hashtag ask, asking for a friend. That's asking for a friend, right? That's Mm -hmm. very funny because that's one of the chapters I was flipping through the book and the first sentence I saw, are you better at asking for someone else than you are yourself? And I went, oh, my chapter. There we go. Chapter eight is mine. Okay. Well, and you know, I don't know about you all, but I have failed to ask and then seen somebody else get what I wanted to ask for and that I was aware of. Have you had that happen? A job, an opportunity, a study abroad, a date, or whatever. Well, and I'm going to chime in. I promise I'm not going to. Laura, chime in here. I don't want to monopolize this, but I'm like, when when Joanne and I were talking about everything we were going to talk about, I I even told her, like, this is is the epitome. Like I said, like, I'm growing in this world, and I'm actually getting what you just said. I have gotten with my, my now boss, 
Like he is the one who asks the questions and you can tell all the time. Like I'm always amazed and in awe of him, of how he's always in the moment. He's hearing you. He takes that moment. And I don't know if it's a female thing. I don't know if it's a me thing of like trying, I'm a doer plow, get the stuff done. I know my role. I'm, I'm down here on director level, not on, I don't never want to be a boss. I, I know that about me, right? The awareness is key, but I see how he is and he's, training me right like in his way coaching me and mentoring me to ask the right questions on the front end so for a supplier planner life right if you don't ask the questions the other the other opportunity is asking the questions or you've missed an opportunity to get to know each other and have that conversation and be able to partner and i think that's you know especially in our industry it is a partner industry from meeting to planner don't not ask the questions right right love that Sorry. Okay. I just had to. Have you seen that? Have you seen what that? Yes. I was going to say, my boss says the same thing. I, it's amazing to watch her in meetings sometimes. And I'm just in awe, like, how did you even think to ask that question? And, um, but she, you know, she's been with the company for 29 years. So, I mean, she knows what to ask, but did it, and I found myself, the older I get, the easier it is to figure out what you're supposed to be asking or taking that step back and thinking it through. And um, I'm not saying I'm perfect because I forget to ask a lot of questions as well, but. Yeah, but Laura, you're you're seeing it. Yes. And that's the big, that big aware is one thing. The other thing though is if you're an out loud thinker and I'm gonna go out on a limb here, I think Jamie and Joanne are probably out loud thinkers. (laughs) What? Process things. You process things out in the world that can confuse internal speakers. And I'm guessing Laura is Steve. I don't know. You're hard because you're pretty he can be both there. depending oh, on what it is. You can go either way. I'm but internal. Laura, what can be confusing if you're an internal processor is I'm not going to really say it until things are perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you have people speaking and you go, well, they must have perfected yeah. it or they're speaking. And you know, that's not true because they have done a 180 while they were talking. I'm against that. Oh wait, no, now I'm for it. And you're like, what? So would you like a hint if you're more of an introvert? Would that be helpful? Yes, okay. Yeah. So one of the things you can say is, this is not perfect. It's a little bit half-baked. And I think we're going in the direction of this. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And an extrovert will go, yes. And they, because, extroverts are going to fill that silence. So you can say, I'm processing this, or I may need a little bit more time because you've got something there, but it's not quite, and the extrovert will say, okay, thank you. Somebody else is playing. Extroverts, on the other hand, when they see the introverts or people who are not speaking, they ask them, they say, I I haven't heard from Laura yet, right? And then they have to be quiet because Laura probably has more input because she's seen everybody and she's been taking it in. So, but Laura, to make it safe, you say, this is not baked. Just make that statement and, and then tell them, I'm seeing us go along this way. And your boss may just, if watch your boss and see if your boss is not just asking open-ended questions. And I've noticed with myself, I've, I've played both of those roles. Yes. I can be introverted and I can be extroverted right. depending on the subject of whatever needs to be done. Yeah. Um, and I found myself doing that, um, being that first one to, to 
speak to be the one with this you know the voice basically right. And, um, right but i've also played the other role and so you've got some it, discernment so. as to when it's the best time and when it's yes not. you've got a little of extroversion you wouldn't be on something like this you would told joanne I, I have no time for something well like i think a lot of people can play both roles because like i'm thinking sure. of myself and i think that's you know, especially when I'm working facilitation or something oh, right. like that or on certain boards. But I'm even thinking uh, right before the pandemic, I served on my first jury duty, finally. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was fascinating because when I spoke, I spoke very selectively. Everyone else was very opinionated about it. And I was trying to absorb things. And and it like a lot of people who know me probably would have seen me in the more outgoing loader let get this going but i don't know if because of what it was i stayed quiet and was absorbing things but i know i can very definitely play both roles depending on where what the topic is what the situation is so i think for me i'm i would choose not to think of it of an introverted or extroverted person but what role are they playing in a given situation is it more outgoing or internal that's just me well but, and as we mature we we have that ability when we started most of us we were very strong we were one way or the other way and, and as we mature we go excuse me that's not serving my needs i need to speak up or that's not serving my needs i need to be quiet until i hear what everybody else thinks as we mature we get better at it more balanced and that said watch people when they get mildly stressed and watch people when they get really stressed and when they get extremely stressed and that's a it's a whole nother topic <laughs> that's um how do you deal how do you deal with work drama you know but when they really shut down and they're usually extroverted and you got a problem so that's a different issue but yeah just i think and it's funny for me to see myself do things like okay you're talking too much stop what is bothering you <laughs> you know who are you trying to convince nobody needs to be convinced here or do you think this might be a time to speak up this might be the time because they're about to spend a lot of money in something they don't need to do so i think that helps um i'll tell you one more that i see a lot in meetings industry is um we have a lot of women in this industry and I consider speakers you know part of the meetings industry actually Joanne and I worked on a meetings industry council together when we were um, with national speakers way way and, back yeah and women bring up that excuse and so my secret my secret sauce on that one is listen to the word me go she ate it says it in there go she go <laughs> you know it's like you can do it um Steve, it looked like you had something to say, and then I'm going to tell you why we don't say, why we don't ask if y'all are interested. I typically look uh, confused, uh, so I, I don't think I have anything. <laughs> Is it working for you? For me? <laughs> it works for you. Does it work for you? Oh, yes. Yeah, I was looking at your book, too, and I found, uh, I, I found uh, you were talking, in the book it was talking about practicing your asking, and you gave an example of uh, uh, go to the grocery store and ask the lady why she bought that piece of bread or, or that loaf of bread or why she liked that loaf of bread. Joanne is a master at this because when we were first together, she went to a store and she was gone for like four hours. So I was starting to get a little nervous and I called her up um, and she said, oh, I met somebody in the pillow aisle and we, went and we had tea. And no, we didn't. So I, I found... It's exaggerating. I found I've discovered that uh, well, Joanne can talk to a tree, really, and converse. She, I, we, we get along very well. With but that. I don't just do the talking. What a lot of people I found very interesting is a lot of people who get labeled as 
you know, very talkative, et cetera, et cetera. What they don't realize is that person frequently is doing at least half the listening, if not more. Um, uh, people don't realize that the conversation has passed because they were talking. But anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But I think uh -huh. your point about, you know, women, you know, I, I've looked at myself over the years and I've tried to figure out and I see my obstacles. And of course, choosing to go into business for myself, what a ridiculous idea. Um, you know, because I was not brought up to do that kind of thing, to put myself out there. And, you know, you said at the beginning, you know, how you all the opportunities I have been told over and over and over again by people who saw other people, like you said, get opportunities that I would have loved. Or, um, or I, I had someone who came to me at one point who had been in a department that I could have done a lot of, I did do some things for, I could have done more. And she said, you just never ask. You never, you know, and I think I was raised that if you, d and I know a lot of people, because I talk about this yeah. even when I speak, a lot of people have been raised that if you do a good job, if you do what you're supposed to do, people will recognize it and everything will fall into place. And what I know now is, no, absolutely not. Some people might recognize it, but not act on it. Like, wow, she was really good. So we should also ask her to do this. Um, and I think- Or she must, like, she must like that job she's doing. Let's not mess with that. She likes doing it. She did this. Yeah, she hasn't asked and for more responsibility. Right. She hasn't asked to move up to the director's role. She hasn't, you know, um, and of course, a lot of the people I work with through the other part of my company, um, you know, we have these conversations, and I'm like, I hear you, and what I've discovered, and I'd say I've gotten a lot better at it in the past 10 years, but, you know, that's how I was raised. Do a good job, do what you're supposed to do, people will recognize you, and the opportunities will happen, but I also wasn't always good at really truly seeing the door was open for the opportunity and walking through it. So the trick around that, the trick around that is who besides myself would benefit if I asked who besides myself would you're right because that would drive me right. to do something he would do that if oh I don't want to ask this stupid question oh it's so stupid but I'm in a class and if this doesn't get asked the rest of the group won't know oh I don't want to look dumb in the board of directors meeting asking this yeah but if we go off the wrong trail we might all be responsible it might be, you know, something in breach of what we're supposed right. to be doing. So the thing is, who? if I ask for this raise, who benefits? Well, my family does. You know, so that's this workaround on this. Here's the, the thing, though. We are so afraid of looking stupid, using the That one doesn't words, bother me anymore. <laughs> bothering, because we're more mature, bothering someone or hearing the word what? No. What do we? No. Would you like me to bulletproof you against that? Yes. You ready? Okay, unless you're driving and listening to this, this is what you're gonna do. Close your eyes for just a second, everybody, and listen to my words. No, you cannot have that. No, that is a crazy, silly, cra no, you're not gonna get that. No, open your eyes, pat yourself on the back. Go ahead, do it. We don't get enough pats on the back. Did you survive? Yes. And the thing is, if you're not hearing no, you're not asking for enough. If you're not hearing no, you're not asking for enough. The other thing around that, though, is, you know, if you're not hearing no and risking the no, you never K-N-O-W. You never know what's going on. And so I worked um, 
I work with a lot of smart people like you all. And I was working with some engineers at a high tech company. And one woman came up to me and she said, that doesn't work. It's okay. What, what, what out of this whole day or whatever this program. You're telling work. me all eight hours what, doesn't what, work. Yeah, let's, let's do all of this list. You know, and she said that asking outrageously asking for more doesn't work. And I said, come, come tell me more. And she said, I've asked my boss twice for a raise and for a promotion twice for that promotion. I said, okay. And I said, what were the reasons? And she said, cause I'm a woman. <gasps> I said, that's so interesting. Um, that's what he said to you. And I knew her boss and I knew the HR and I knew that's not what she had been told. And she said, no. And I said, well, what did he say? Well, what do you mean? And I said, well, when you asked for the good reason why it was a no, what was the answer? And she said, oh, I didn't ask that. So here's that aware, we're aware of a no, but we don't seek the information and we pop in what we know in our background or whatever. There's there's a lot, a series of books around this, around women don't ask and all these, Linda Babcock, she did a great job, but, but go back with this. So I said, so what are you gonna do now that you've been in this program? And she said, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna ask for that raise and, and that promotion. I get that promotion and I said, what happens if practice is repeated and we get a no? And she said, I don't know. And I said, you ask the follow-up and this is what we miss. You say, I heard you say no. That's very polite. It's active listening. I heard you. I heard you say no. Can you tell me about it? I heard you say no. Can you tell me about it? And then you shut your mouth and you get to know what their answer is. And they'll say, well, what do you mean? Well, I heard you say no. Can you tell me about it? Just repeat. So she does this with this boss and the boss who I've also trained in other situations, you know, he says, well, hmm, you know, I'd love to give you the promotion. You're right. You do everything you're supposed to do. I see you growing, but you don't have this certification. You're missing this level of certification. Mm -hmm. And she started laughing. And he said, why are you laughing? And she said, well, I come from the military. I not only have that certification, I have two above. We just call it something different. So now he didn't know. The boss didn't know. Mm -hmm. The boss was willing to do it if he had known. But until she knows what that objection, that pushback, that no is about. So then he said, you're kidding. And she said, no, let me show you. And she pulled up all her stuff and goes, oh my gosh. So in a matter of a couple of months, she was not promoted once, but she was promoted twice. But here's the thing, if you don't risk hearing the no, you never K-N-O-W, you never know why somebody's saying no. Never do. And so what what often happens is, is we get shut down, oh, we're sad. No, we've been building it up. We've been thinking about this for three months. I'm gonna ask for this for me for three months. Here's all my good reasons. And then we go and we show up and we do not prepare for why they may want us to have it. And we don't prepare for them to say, nope, can't do it and you don't ask so when you ask you also might find out something like now we don't buy av wait no we're not going to buy av okay can you walk me through that yeah it's it's the wrong time oh when is the right time we only buy it in november well i bet you have a calendar and you can clock it can't you jamie to get back to november That's right. or you ask laura for a donation you know you're you're asking your donors to support something and as an event planner, you're always looking for who's sponsoring, who's who do we need to look for, right? They go, nope, we can't do it. And you say, 
okay, can you walk me through that? Yeah, we can't do that program. And you think, okay, is that the only program you can't do? Can you do other? Well, yeah, we can't do the, we have our own program around clothing the poor. You know, what we really need, you know, <laughs> we've had that program too. Did you know that? And the thing is, unless you ask, you don't know. The other, the other one though is the hard no. Yeah. The hard no. They say, you say, can you walk me through that? Yeah, my, my boss, my supervisor, our company, legislation does not allow us to do that. Then that's a hard no. And you can think, oh, I've got 52 and a half things to ask. I'll cross this one off. But that knowing, that's the piece on the ASK that I think not seeking enough information, not asking your what and how questions. You were saying that, Jamie, your open-ended questions. I've, I've gone to... Um a couple of times I've said, well, how do we get to a yes? Yeah. And Ooh. they may say, and, and let's figure out how to get there. Yeah. I want to yeah. work with you. I've said that. I want to work with you. How do we get this? How do we make this happen? That's a great question, Laura. How do we get to a yes? And what have you heard when they say that? When you say that? What is the they, they take a step back and they're thinking, oh, well, she's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> she's still there. Still there. I love it. There she is. What about you, Joanne? What's the question? When somebody says no, what's your what's your backup? Um, it depends. Uh, I'd say for years, I just never even let it get there. That's the problem. And that has hurt my business tremendously over the years. Um, for me to build up uh, the, I don't even know, I don't want to call it guts or backbone because in many ways I'm very strong and, and everything. But again, it was that... I don't even think it was self-doubt in my abilities. It was just, you know, I did, I actually, I talked about this at some point in a presentation. I grew up in a family where you didn't ask for things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you did not. Like, if we went to someone else's house, we were not even allowed to ask for a glass of water. And if if they we were offered something, and we didn't go a whole lot of places as a family, but like say we went to one of my father's uh, co-workers' house, you know, or something, and if they offered you something, we were still supposed to say no, that we didn't want uh-huh. it. Because you so, didn't want to impose. Upon uh, you got it, and I, it took me. You never a, asked for seconds. It was real. Oh no, seconds were just not even allowed in our own house. But um, you know, it took me probably into my. 40s mm-hmm. to for this to click that and you know what i did to start breaking it is if someone said did i want anything i asked for a glass of water even if i never drank it it was just my way of beginning to break that yeah um because it, it's amazing how it shapes you like this is the way you're brought up don't ask for anything don't impose well, on anyone it, don't whatever it can't be it can't be religion i even put a little part in my book about um religion because mm-hmm. there are bible verses there are verses in the quran there are verses in um everything in the torah that say it's okay to ask questions it's okay to ask for more and for some reason we missed those so sometimes that was it sometimes it was the teachers wanted the kids that would stand the line so the the big thing about getting over that is first off just be an observer you're like you're a reporter oh Look at that. Look at me not asking for water. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? And then you bless the people you in your mind. You say, well, you know, bless their hearts. Or good, good for them. 
They were trying to keep me safe, or maybe that did keep me safe when I was young, not to have water because someone could have put something in it, whatever it is, whatever the weird thing. That, that served me when I was 12. I'm no longer 12. What serves me now? So it's more of a, huh, okay, I'm aware. So you're mm-hmm. asking yourself. Exactly. Huh, I wonder why I'm doing that. That's interesting. You don't have to go into big psychological discussion right. or thinking about through your life. You just go, huh, isn't that interesting? And well, it, could I choose to do something else? What else could I choose? That's seeking. What else? Let's go practice. And that was me practice. starting to ask for the uh-huh. water. You exactly. know, it, yeah, I wasn't going to make it some huge childhood trauma, no, but no. it was. Oh, Smart. this is why I do what I I I didn't even know I didn't you know do it, right. and I don't even remember why it came to my attention finally. But it was like, okay, just say yes. And you know, Perfect. you know, when you're at someone's house, they want to give you something too. Like well, they feel do. like they're a bad host. You want to give them yes. You want to give them water. That was the biggest aha, that, or the funniest maybe was. We asked people, "What won't you ask for?" What do you all think they said? What do you think they said, Jamie? I'm not going to ask in person in my personal life. What is it? Not for water. Water was not off, so <laughs> we'll take that one off the table. Yeah, money. Money, says Laura. The money, um, just in general, like a, a better deal. A better deal, Steve. Hmm. What? I'm sorry. Repeat in your personal life. In the my thing personal that people life, people would not ask for. Yeah, Joanne or Steve, do you have an idea? Is that people would not, or I would not ask for? Well, people uh-huh. in general said they would oh. not people ask in for general. in their personal life. What was the top thing? Help! 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 Help. Uh, that's help. another good one. Help. That's a good one. I was going to say that. Okay. Help. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of relates to that. So get this. They would rather ask for money. They would rather ask for help. They would even rather ask for borrowing or doing something. They don't want to ask to cut in line. What? They don't want to ask to cut in line. Isn't that crazy? And there's actually a study. Xerox did um, it. <laughs> where they were I can asking to, to borrow the copier. Um, but we, we asked that question and we put, you know, have you asked for these things? And we put all these different, ask for a date, you know, all these different things. And the big one was, I won't cut in line. I won't won't ask line. to cut in line or won't cut in line because there are still some cutters. Right. Well, we didn't probably interview them. No, okay. I'm <laughs> no, there are some cutters, but the thing that people won't ask to do, they won't say, those people don't um, ask either. They just do it. And anyway, go I ahead. want you. I want you to think about being in a grocery store, mm-hmm. and somebody's got a huge buggy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're you've got the huge buggy, and the people behind you got nothing. They got a stick of gum or mm-hmm. a pack of gum or whatever. What would you say? Hey, go in front of me. Oh, please. I've done that with four right? or five people. Like, in a, no, heart, in a heartbeat. <laughs> they don't ask because they don't want to hear no. <laughs> right. But however, we won't give the gift to others to let them help us. Isn't that interesting? To mm-hmm. let us cut in line. And so some people are just absolutely will not do it. And it was their culture, it was how their family brought them up, whatever it was. Like, Isn't that interesting though? And it's, it's. I don't wanna interrupt, I don't wanna bother. But do you know why people really tell you no? The pe- Our top answers were, they don't have enough information. I need to give them a little more information so they'll understand. Um, it's the wrong time. Or they just don't have the money. If they had the budget, they would do it. Which Go back to think? the first one, though. The first one is they just need a little bit more information. They need some more information. And if they understood it better, do you think that's it, Joanne? That's what James. Well, no, says. because what I was going to say is I think a lot of people over explain and that like okay. knocks them out okay. of things. Women are especially bad at that, or at least women okay. of certain some, age groups. Some women. Some yeah, women some women. That, yeah. It might be generational. 
Okay, Steve, what's yours? No money, no budget, um, no time. I get no budget. No budget. No budget. What do you yeah. got, Laura? You're nodding yeah. at all of them. No budget. No budget. Joanne, what's yours? Time, money, or need more information? Mm, for me or someone I'm talking to? For, for the population at large. Okay, um, no time. Yeah, no none of those are right. Oh, of course not. None that was a trick. That was a yeah. trick. <laughs> those were the top three Lawyer. that were answered. The bottom two that were answered were actually the real ones. So the out of 20, those are the top three. The, the bottom two were, A, you're asking for something that don't have to give you. Mm-hmm. It's inappropriate. It's really I don't have the authority to give you. I don't, it, I, you all may like me a lot. And let's say we're at the Home Depot and, and you're helping me at the Home Depot. And I walk in and I say, may I have a chicken fried steak? They don't have it to give, right? I mean, it can be that explicit. We don't do that. We don't have... The second, though, is they don't like, respect, or trust you yet. Mm. And the likes, because when you think about it. You're Can you give an example somebody. of that one? Sure. Um, a new vendor comes to me and says, I would like to do all of your um, decor for your next meeting. They're brand new. I don't know who they are. I don't. I, this is my important meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my CEO is going to be there. I've got several um, big wigs that are going to decide whether or not I keep my job. I'm mm-hmm. not going to trust you, like mm-hmm. you, or respect. You might be nice, but I'm not going to give you all my business. However, if you make it safe for me, hey, Linda, um, I know you don't know me. Let me do this small, smaller meeting. Or, hey, why don't I let you reach out and talk to some of my friends? And I really get what you need. I'm really seeking what you need. Then I might trust you. So my biggest client... My biggest client for years was the one that I was heading to Austin anyway, and I stopped in to talk to him. He wanted somebody to work with his sales team, and he called, you know, the big three in my world Uh on negotiations. And then me, he read something, he read a sentence I read in American Airlines magazine. Somebody quoted me on a negotiations about being honest. Oh, what a novel concept. I know, right? Name swindling. You got to be honest. But anyway, <clears throat> so we were talking, and as I started asking him questions, he said, "I I don't know." And does this look like a buying signal? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Does that look like a buying signal? That is a super buying signal for people in power. Hmm. Decision makers want you to challenge them and help them think of something they haven't thought about. And so as we were talking about what he wanted his sales professionals to do across the nation and how different it was, the questions I was asking him, like, well, what's their driving motivator to do this? You know, why would they want to? Are they being incentivized to do it this way? Are they are they going to um, wind up better off by doing this? And he goes, well, I don't know. We haven't thought about that. And so we started planning. Anyway, after I got the contract and I'd worked with them for several years, I said, okay, so what gives? I just heard who you interviewed to to do this job and, you know, they're heavy hitters. And just, you, I didn't, you didn't know the answers, but you were identifying the questions and where we were going to have issues. And so sometimes those questions and living in those questions and being aware, that'll get you and seeking the right information you may not know all of the steps, but you know the next step. So mm-hmm. I think whether you're as a planner or supplier or 
in any industry, if you're willing to seek and try to solve it, at the end, you're going to have an agreement that's a lot more durable. And when I leave the room and, and I'm in a different city or a different town and they're looking at the contracts to break or they're looking at the deals to cancel, who are you going to cancel? Are you going to support my agreement because I looked out for you and I helped people you know, communicate or negotiate? Or are you going to look out for somebody else? So that's that's my big issue on negotiation is do we have a deal when the other person leaves? And will they support it? And if I looked out for them, have I helped them with their boss? Have I helped them with their board? Have I helped them with their, their people? And if, if that's the case, and with meeting professionals, we really have it, don't we? Mm-hmm. Meeting professionals, you can always do that triple win. So it's not just you, it's not just the person, but who else benefits? Well, Your attendees the and the attendees. And if you really want one, when you go and you, you're gonna do that helping out Goodwill while you're there. Are you planting trees? Are you saying, you know, we're we're with Goodwill and people always help us. We're in this other city. We're in this other place. We wanted to reach back out and help you. Ooh, Goodwill's spreading Goodwill by planting trees or whatever it is, right? All of a sudden, now you have some more buy-in, don't you? You have that community. So you're saying Those what that are- does is that entrenches you further into the community as a whole, not just one contact. So if that person suddenly is no longer there, it's the organization that is your fan base or whatever meetings and which one do we keep are we going to keep the one that nobody else knows about are we going to keep the one that we're talking about all this community work that we're going to do and all the support and we've got these other suppliers are going to help us do it and the sponsorship and so yeah if you have more people invested in the Mm -hmm. win and you've asked and you've lived in that question not okay well we got our meeting date we got it paid for off we go but you spend just a little bit more time in that seeking and you can involve some people that it would be helpful for, all of a sudden you see that something gets a lot stickier. It's a lot stickier. Now it's a deal. It's a relationship with more than one person. Yeah, I see what you mean about a durable. I was thinking only attorneys would use that word. But anyway, a durable agreement and, and everything. Um, Steve, you wanted to say something? Well, I, I have a question that's not related to anything that was just discussed. But, <laughs> Linda, do you find a lot of people don't ask because they make the assumption that the answer is going to be no like i wouldn't ask that person because they're a big wig in the industry sure sure they're they're a big wig they're above me or they just they make assumptions uh, they all the time yeah all just so time, you know he's yeah. driving this one at me um no, no, this is <laughs> well it's that but it's also um we think people are going to do what we would do mm-hmm so if we oh think no we i think no. people would do what i wouldn't do i mean okay, i'm so like the one who always says yes to everything unfortunately okay and we don't give people the opportunity so that's i think that's the hardest part is we're not mind readers yeah and i may think somebody's a hot shot big wig ceo or something but i don't know that i remind him of his daughter True. or his niece or his sister or whoever right I, it's never been sports illustrated swimsuit model nobody is ever, they, I, I get a lot of you remind me of and it's like the tap dancer who came and delivered something yeah. to me years ago yeah but we don't know why people do it it might be because somebody said you know you haven't been very nice recently be nicer it might be they're just a very nice person you just say it might be they're not a very nice person it doesn't matter why they do it but you've got to live in that silence and live in knowing that they might say no and then you got to ask them why 
Yeah. And you don't go, why? Because nobody wants to answer that. You say, no. hey, what are the good reasons? <laughs> what are the good business reasons we could do this? Um, one other thing that I don't think people do is I don't think they're aware and seeking and knowing enough about what somebody else would do. We know our position. So just turn, just turn your lens. You know, we're always listening. You've probably heard this. What's in it for me? W-I-I-F-M. We're listening at radio station all the time, right? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? You got it on hi-fi. You got it on stereo. You got it on whatever you got. And if we could just tune that dial into what's in it for them, what's in it for them? Are you the only game in town? You're going to have more likelihood of getting the, the deal. If not, what could be in it for them? And here's the thing. If you don't know, if you're not aware of it, what could you do? Ask them. Hey, I know I have some ideas of what what you might be having this conversation about or why you might have made your time to speak or why you want to, um, you know, come and be involved in our, our great nonprofit. Can you tell me your reasons? What else? Yeah, I think a lot wow. of what you're talking about is really getting to know who you're talking to, you know, exactly. is is don't make any exceptions that they're the same as you or they're different than you it's just you don't know who that person is and you don't know what's driving them and what's driving their decisions mm -hmm. and one thing i did want to make a, a comment about because i'm afraid people will go oh see this doesn't pertain to me because we're talking about negotiation and i don't do hotel contracts or i don't sell but you know i think if you haven't seen this before and i don't even know who did the first quotes on it is there are people that believe and when you think about it it's really true that every day in life we're negotiating everything whether it yeah. be with your three-year-old your significant other um people at work uh whatever it is it, literally every transaction or in, pretty much interaction we do is some kind of negotiation we just have it tagged with money and contracts and selling and everything like that but i mean if you've had kids which is funny i'm speaking about that since i don't have children but you know you know the negotiations you did with the kids the whole time they were growing up well i'll give you three crackers if you then lay down and take your nap or you know if you watch this this video for 20 minutes then yes you can stay up you know whatever you're negotiating all the way through can i stay out till 11 no you can stay out till 10 30. you know um and and with your significant other and with anyone else so i hope none of you kind of went oh negotiations and just locked it into those sales transactions i think that's yeah, really important the most important is what you just hit on is relationships mm -hmm. because in your situation you're the power base but children aren't going to obey if they don't buy into it and so you can say wow so what are the good reasons you want to stay out till 11. oh well mom everybody at 11 we all pick up before we go so i'm the only kid not picking up oh okay well i don't want my kid to be the only one not picking up so sometimes you want to live in that seek a little bit more and yeah everything is a negotiation and nearly everything's negotiable not everything hopefully not your values your ethics mm -hmm. your standards hopefully those are your non-negotiables so near nearly everything's negotiable everything is a negotiation but nearly everything's negotiable mm -hmm. is it would be the the altar on that yeah that's that's great information great point and also this industry my gosh look the two of you you've switched jobs mm -hmm. um boy joanne steve you all have done all sorts of things you move you move from position roles even the way you were dealing with folks it you you want to maintain those relationships over 
uh, a power base. You know, we often see that hoteliers will be, we're, we're it, you know, nobody else, there's no rooms available and we're it, we're gonna negotiate. But then the planners are on top and they're like, we're the ones with the meetings, you've got nobody. And it's so interesting to see that. Pendulum, we talk and about the pendulum whereas, in the industry. Whereas if you have relationships, you're like, this is what I can do right now. This is what I can do right now. Can you work with that? Can well, you do this? I tell people this story sometimes. So um, I, I realized early on when I was planning, because I did a lot of nonprofits and small things, and I was not a good piece of business for most venues, to be honest. I just wasn't. I was coming with the smallest, crappiest, smallest budget, but it didn't matter. It was my job. Um, and I got to the point that I would call people who I had built relationships with in the industry and I would start the conversation with, I'm calling you, I'm bringing you a bad piece of business. Just laid it on the line from the beginning right. and for me that was a way to negotiate and I could say, this is what we have. I know we can't have your prime times, where do you have a hole for a couple of days? that this will fit for you and be good for you and my client can get it. But I started, and we'd laugh. That's how we started the conversation. Right, and the Smurf industry, you know, the Smurf, um, mm -hmm. social, military, educational, religious, fraternal, they they often will say that, I've got a bad piece of business, but uh, what was interesting when I researched that was, no, you have a great piece of business for our slow times. Exactly, it's what? where it fits. You're the people, you're the people that aren't going to drink in the bar, but the people that drink in the bar are probably going to be out exploring other bars. They're not going to be here. So what we've done in the past is that we've done a coffee bar in the morning because nobody that's out partying is up drinking coffee. And there's a lot big, there was a bit much bigger margin on coffee. And we do an ice cream bar at night because your people like to stay at the hotel and, and network with each other. And it's like, okay, so maybe the, the food and bev goes up, you know? Mm -hmm. And every industry has that. Every industry has a something exactly. that they offer, right? It's just exactly what you said. Um, we don't have time to get into it today, but be thinking too about personality styles. And it's not just extroverted and introverted, it's how you were raised or it's what your experience is and it's whether you're more logical or relationship. Um, this is a relationship business and um, you still have to honor that some people are wired differently. So that maybe that's another discussion for another time, but don't don't throw that out. Um, remember Didn't you that say you had different. some assessments too that people could oh, right. do? Yeah, if and some of them are around take, that, right? Yeah, um, the the first assessment you can take is called "How well do I ask? How well do I ask?" So you can see which areas maybe you need to beef up on, and we've touched a lot of a lot of them. Another one though is called the deal styles. So it's how do I deal with this person? And also what's my deal? So what's their deal? And are they more people who like to decide or engage or accommodate or leverage their experience or knowledge? Or what am I? What am I? Do I like to decide more? Do I like to engage you know, larger than life sometimes? Do I like to accommodate? And do I like to leverage? Which negotiator do you think is best in negotiation? All of them. <laughs> you gotta be fluent in all of them because you gotta make decisions, you gotta engage with people, you gotta think about what's in it for everybody else, and you gotta leverage your knowledge, your tools, your relationships. I to think you, to me, to you just made a huge point, is we can't think of ourselves, we have to learn how to be adaptable in the right way to fit the mm -hmm. people we're talking to and the situation we're in.
and we I need think to know what our preferred is because mm-hmm. if we'll go to that all the time, won't we, Joanne? Yeah, yeah. I think I remember taking this assessment with you years ago, and it was interesting because what I I argued that I wasn't whatever it was. Um, I know that's shocking, but it was very interesting because I remember us having a conversation about that. Uh, but I think what it was is the time I was in my life, I was having to live in a different right. part of me. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so all of all of the ones that go really deep, and I can do those as well. These are free. You all can get those links, and these are free. The deep ones, though, will say, "What did you come into the world as?" What did you, you know, what were you naturally, what did you adapt? What are you using every That's day? the conversation we had. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I can then, remember standing at WEC or something doing this right? with you. Because I was like, last hmm. One, last one's what do you do when you get stressed? Are these assessments on your website? They are. And yeah. you can reach out to me. And uh, we'll give links for all the free ones and then the other ones just reach out to me. But there's um, there's some fascinating studies now, and it doesn't just put you in a quadrant. I've got one that'll do 24 different aspects, and you can be opposites. Like like we've all talked about sometimes, I'm extrovert, introverted. Yep. Um, but just know, the more you know yourself, yep. then the more you can say, oh, I'm doing that one thing that I like doing. And what's amazing, again, I want the durable deals. I want the deals that stick. I want the people to stay in a relationship because we've worked so hard to get there. I don't want to do one meeting. I want to do five years worth of meetings with them. Right. Or five I want to be their yeah. speaker for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I will help them, right? <laughs> so, But the big thing is a lot of the people who hire you, when you really look at it, have opposite skill sets than what you do. So your long-term clients, if they could do it, they would need you. Right. Right? In fact, so that's why they want you. The table so that your friends may think exactly like you do but a lot of times we bring something else to the table kind of that opposites attract so we will put the links to the survey wherever we put this up and everything the e-guide uh, kelly's not here she'd tell me where else we're putting it up you know linkedin whatever 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 um we'll have the link to her website the link to her book uh, one of her books she has many books She's which got, is called oh Ask Outrageously, The Secret to Getting What You Really Want. Um, Yeah. Um, (laughs) So we we will definitely make sure that you have access uh, to all of that. Um, There's something else. Jamie and Laura, anything else you want to ask, add? Any aha moments you had today? Thank you. Yeah, yes. oh, sorry, sorry, Jamie. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah, yeah. Thank you for including me. I I can't wait to dive into this book. So um, there's uh-huh. a there's a TEDx talk on asking that might help too. Um, okay. If, and um, for you, Laura, there's a whole part about how do you ask for nonprofits. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. And Jamie, there's yeah. a whole part on sales for um, how and what questions. Well, I'm just happy to finally officially meet you. And uh, yeah, just like Laura, dive in. So keep me included on the other conversations. I can't wait to actually listen to this again because, you know, you're in it. Yeah. But then when you listen to it again, you yeah. learn even more. So it's been a pleasure. I oh, open for sure. Yeah, great, great questions. Great, great questions. Linda, is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover? You know, you all, um, your career, your business, that's your journey and you gotta own it. And don't let people take that away from you or steer you or decide where you're gonna drive it to, it's yours. And so ask outrageously, ask for more than you think you want. 
it's it's okay to ask for more and ask for what you really want and not just take what people give you because nobody nobody is going to be as invested in you getting ahead as you so yeah. don't hold back it's okay to ask and, and it's okay to, i assume it's okay to get the nose people will hear right? will tell you no because remember <laughs> if you're not hearing no what you're not asking for enough. You know, and we've talked about in that in National Speakers Association that your fee is too low if you get yes to every time. <laughs> um, and, and I began to finally get that, you know, and so the no's became less hurtful to me, you mm -hmm. know, um, because it, when you're an entrepreneur, it's that whole thing of got to get the next job, got to get the next client, got to get the next check because you, you live so precariously as so much of the time. But... You know, that really finally clicked with me because I was also selling myself short. Right. You know, and I think we all do that in a variety of ways. Unfortunately, I, you know, I was definitely raised where money did not influence my decisions. Not smart for an entrepreneur. Um, you know, very bad place to be. But, you know, I, I think that's, that's really important. And for me, those no's became, I'd be like, okay, move on. I can make money a different way. And that has been really, really hard journey for me to get to from the kid who wasn't even... That was in your past. That was in exactly. past how you did that. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't ask for water? How can I ask for thousands of dollars to go stand on the stage? You know, like, right. oh, and I want travel too. You know, um, so uh, Steve's got something he wants to say. No, I was just reading uh, your, about the author here. It doesn't mention anything about tap dancing or singing telegrams or yeah. or chuck yeah, e cheese you know, but and what's fun is you can circle back around i started tap again recently and it was really sometimes you get to do things that you're good at and you get to leave them because you don't like them and sometimes you can come back to things that you really love and that's what if you negotiate well you can negotiate your life to do that too so yeah go ahead and do it yeah tap dancing We'll see if we can get you a video or something, Steve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a I have a pair that I bought a few years ago because I when we lived in West Virginia, I was going to do tap dancing. It turned out I had to not do it. My mother's life just became too complicated. But I have a pretty new pair that we actually bought at Capazio in Times Square. Yes, okay. and went to the shoe shop that does all the dancers' shoes. He put my taps on been used four times if they've been used but boy someday i'm going to be tapping and we'll we'll tap somewhere together miss linda it's, it's kind of like <laughs> that singer again. sewing thanks machine you all for, <laughs> thanks so much for doing this oh. well thanks um well if nobody has anything else uh thanks everyone for listening hope you found at least one thing that you can take up you know with you and use right now and hopefully more for the future again look for all the links um Linda is as uh, funny and charming and personable on the stage as uh, she is in a podcast booth. Um, so, you know, this is not a talking head, boring. I'm pretty sure she doesn't speak behind a lectern um, unless maybe she's talking to lawyers or something. I don't know. Um, but she probably doesn't even talk to lawyers. Uh, no. Uh, so, you know, do keep her in mind. Um, if you liked her stuff, see where could, she might be able to fit into your programs. And uh, I have no idea what the next topic will be, but we'll figure it out. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Sit in the Attendee's Chair. Thanks for listening today. Take care. Thanks to all of you for coming on. Bye.